0: You are listening to the CMC podcast series, Strong Life. In this exciting new series, the pastors of CMC will impart powerful principles that will enable you to live the strong life that God has destined for you. Now join Lead Pastor Tim Brooks for the message, Strong Over Worry. want to welcome you to our 10th our lesson in a series that we're calling Strong Life. Boy, time's just flying right along here. Uh, it's hard to believe that we've been in this now for 10 straight weeks. But in this section, I want to talk about living strong over worry. Uh, the thief, John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and he will do that any way he can. And in this series, we're talking about how to live strong over the thief and not let him... Kill, steal, and destroy from your life. From your home, from your family, from from your life. And we're learning step by step these areas that he wants to come and steal from us in and how to be strong in that area. Uh, Turn to Matthew chapter 6. I'm glad Paul ran out of time as he was stage hosting that because I thought, well, he's going to just preach a sermon. I'll walk out and close in prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 I want you to turn there and, and mark your place because we're going to be there for the next little while. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food, your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to them than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderful for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Verse 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, What we eat, what we drink, what we wear, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Verse 25, don't worry. Verse 28, don't worry. Verse 31, don't worry. Verse 34, don't worry. Uh, Because I have a hard time getting this, I just underlined all the don't worries If you're not getting the point of this, God doesn't want you to worry. God does not want you living a life of worry. You you don't live worrying. And and if you've done any reading on this at all, uh, medical doctors talk about the cost of worry. This is a medical fact. The cost of worry, the physical cost, what worry does to your internal organs what worry does to your, to your physical body, uh, the financial cost of worry, uh, the relationship cost of you, you are, you're not a fun person to be around when you're full of worry. Uh, and it co- worry will cost your relationships. Uh, and, and we've got to get a hold of this because worry will wreck you. Worry will wreck you. Now, before we get into this, don't worry. Don't worry does not mean don't plan. Don't worry does not mean don't be concerned and blow life off. I, I've lived long enough as a Christian to meet a lot of nutty Christians. Really registered, bona fide kooks. They got the papers and everything, full-blooded kooks. And it, it shocks me what people do with the word. So people read, don't worry. And so they don't plan. They don't work. They have no savings account. They have no. I mean, don't, well, don't worry. I don't worry. I'm just living by faith. I'm living just all, all, every, whatever money comes in goes. Whatever money comes in goes. They don't plan. They don't work. They, they don't look to the future. <coughs> It, it doesn't tell us never to think about tomorrow. And, and here where Jesus tells us not to worry, I want you to look at this. He gives two natural, observable examples. And, and I, I, I love studying the Bible because it is so practical in its, in, in its application to our life. And Jesus never teaches off up here in theory. He always gives you a real practical illustration. The Bible is just full of natural, physical, practical illustration of what he is teaching us in the realm of the spirit and in spiritual truths. So when he says don't worry, then the first one, verse 26, look at the birds. Okay, so before you just quit work, And before you prop your feet up and before you just throw caution to the wind because you're living scriptural and you're not going to worry, well, you need to look at the birds. When he says look at the birds, then you need to look at the bird. Let me ask you, have you ever seen a bird doing nothing? Is there there anything on the planet that works harder and faster than a bird? I mean just They land on a wire and before they get landed they're off I mean they are in hot pursuit of a worm I'm talking about in hot pursuit of a worm When the sun comes up You can hear them singing And away they go looking for a worm And they never check up until it gets dark Always hustling Always flying hard Always working The only time you see a bird still it's when he's up on a line and he's watching that field. For a mouse or for something to run across that field, he's going to swoop down on. You, you just don't see a bird sitting back with his feet up, not worrying. But birds are, are, are after it. Now, I'm talking about after it. And, and birds, the example he tells us here, look at, look at the birds. Birds are always planning ahead. Have you ever seen a bird lay an egg uh, and he hadn't gotten around to building a nest yet? Not one time. Not one time does he have lay an egg before he gets the nest built. You know, I see people all the time not half as smart as a bird. Getting married and having children and they ain't got the nest. You're talking about the cart before the horse. You don't ever see a bird flying around. Woo, here comes an egg. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, that thing is flying wide open, getting him some grass and getting him some straw and getting him some horsehair and getting him some whatever, getting him some mud and getting whatever he's going to build that. He's going to have that nest built before the first egg comes. You're talking about planning for the future. Talk about thinking ahead getting ready for what's coming. Don't worry, but look at the birds. See, the point Jesus is making here is not for you not to plan for the future. You you, you know, you're going to get too old to work, or you're going to have enough money to live the rest of your days. While you were young enough to work, did you save enough in a savings account so that you've got... are you ready for what's coming ahead? Or are you just going to lay an egg in mid-flight? I mean, are you planning ahead for what life is going to bring for you? Now, the point Jesus is making here is that birds work hard. I don't know anything that works harder and f- flies faster and stays harder at finding that worm than a bird. From daylight to dark, they don't go to 8 to 5. It's daylight to dark, and it's seven days a week. Birds aren't worried about putting in their 40 hours and then going to the lazy boy. But their trust is in God for the bug and the worm to be there. You don't ever, ever, never see a bird having a nervous breakdown over whether there's going to be no more worms next year. Have you ever, ever heard birds talking? I just don't know what our children will do. I don't know how they'll ever build a nest. I tell you, with this drought, with this, with this rain, the floods we're having, with this bad weather, I, I don't know, there won't be any straw next year for our children. I don't, our children probably won't ever be able to build a nest. What are our grandchildren going to do? How will they make it? You know, as bad as things are, and as many birds as there are, you know, we're eating more worms than worms are being produced. And so there's not going to be enough food. We're going to be overpopulated. And in five years, there won't be any more worms. And I don't know what our children, I don't, know what, I don't know how our grandchildren will make it. You'll never hear birds worrying about that. See, birds trust God. Worm will be there today. Worm will be there tomorrow. Straw will be there today, straw will be there tomorrow, it'll be there next year, it'll be there the year after. My trust is in the Lord, but I'm not worried about 40 hours away. I'm talking about when it gets daylight till it gets dark, I'm going to be in hot pursuit of my worm. I'm going to be in seven days a week. I'm going to be digging and clawing and scratching and pecking and hunting. Seven days a week from daylight to dark. But there's never a worry about whether there's going to be a worm or whether there's going to be straw three years from now. Now, with this new president, now what's that going to do to the worms? <laughs> and with all the regulation, that, what's going to happen to the bugs? And now with all what he's doing now, with all these new amendments, there may not be a bug. I don't know. I, I, I'm really sick. I'm just worried sick about my children, about my grand. I'm just Look at the birds. It, when he says don't worry, he doesn't say sit back and watch TV all day. He said look at the birds. Look at the birds. You'll never outwork a bird. But you'll never see a bird having an ulcer or a nervous breakdown worried about over the worm population three years from now. Second example, verse 28. Look at the lilies. First of all, look at the birds. Next, let's look at the lilies. They don't labor, they don't spin. Okay, well, what does that mean? Oh, I'm going to look at the lilies. They don't labor and they don't spin. Okay, what he's talking about is worrying here. Because whenever I finish going through what little I've read about, I don't know anything that outworks a lily. You're talking about work. You're talking about work and work. A lily works. All the time a lily is at production. She so said, well, I'm not going to work because I'm just going to trust God. No, look at the lilies. Look at the lilies. Before you quit work, before you quit making clothes, You need to study the lilies. Get you a book and start studying lilies. So much to talk about. Lilies, And out of all the flowers that he could have picked, lilies at that day and time, uh, and we don't have a lot of them that just naturally grow wild here in Arkansas, but um, we've been to Israel. Lilies just grow. And he said, well, look at the lilies. They, They grow wild, and they have... They stand out in beauty. They they just stand out on a hillside. They, along the roads, they they just, they stand out. They're captivating by the way they look. Do you stand out in your walk with the Lord? Is the peace, is the joy, are the blessings of God so on your life that at work you stand out from all those that are not saved? From all those who don't know the Lord? Or is there an aurora about you? Look at the lilies. They stand out. They stand out in the way they look. Now, I don't know any of this. That's why I had to look it up. But one part of the lily forms the base. The other part of the lily forms the petals. Now, inside the petals, inside the flower... Of the lily, look at the lilies. Look at the lilies. Inside the lily is both male and female part. In that one flower, that one flower has the male and the female part. The male organ, for those who have ever seen a lily, is, a, is the bright yellow pollen pad that holds the grain The little bright yellow grain specks that are all in the petal of a lily, that's the male part. The female organ is a sticky pad in there that collects the pollen from the grain of that lily. Now here's what's really interesting. If pollen from the wrong plant falls in the lily, it rejects that. Now, the more I've looked at this, the more I want to teach a marriage seminar. Because God said, it's not good that man be alone. I'm going to make a roommate for him to share the bills. No, that's not what he said. What's the plan of marriage? The two shall become one. See, it's not... You and her, Well, I'll be better off without you. Well, I'm leaving you. I'm sick of you. I'm out of here. I'm... It, it, it's, it's not two people trying to get along. It's, it's two people becoming one. Fl- Look at the lily. In that one flower. See, there. you got one person when you got a husband and wife. There's one person when you have a marriage. The two leave fathers and leave mothers and they leave all that. And they join together. And those two become one flesh. Look at the lily. And now in that one flesh, you've got male and female. And there is a fertilization. And when any other pollen comes across, it's rejected. And it only receives from the one flesh. It's interesting. Plants make food in their leaves, photosynthesis. And they take in carbon dioxide and water and energy from the sun and then they release oxygen into the atmosphere. Lilies convert light and energy from the sun. But this, this sermon's endless. Because I have an early bedtime, I'm going to close pretty soon. But, but lilies convert light and and energy from the sun, S U N, and they make food out of that. And for us to be able to look, what you need to do is just look at the lily. So that's what you need to do. Just look at the lily. Where are you getting your energy? Where are you getting, and you're converting what's got, and you're converting that into food, and you feed on that. Look at the lilies. Well, they toil not, they spin not, so I'm going to quit my job. They provide oxygen. They are a primary habitat for thousands of organisms that find shade and shelter from the wind and the sun. Let me tell you one of the main things that lilies do is they preserve the soil from erosion. Are you keeping where you work from eroding? Are you keeping the neighborhood you live in from just completely eroding? Just washing away. Just washing away. See, you talk about toiling and laboring. Well, they don't toil, they don't labor. The list is endless of what the lily is doing. Be careful not misread what the Bible says. Before you quit your job, you better study the lilies. They beautify... Where they are planted. Do do you beautify your neighborhood by your presence? Are your neighbors glad you're their neighbor? Or do they wish you would sell the house and move? You know what's interesting to me? and And always has been. My wife has made it interesting to me. You can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars building a house but it don't look worth a quarter until you get some flowers planted in front of it. It doesn't matter how pretty the house is until you get some flowers out in front of it and some landscape out here in front of it. Look, before you just decide you're not going to do anything, better look at the lilies. You better, and to think lilies do nothing, no, lilies trust God in all that they do. They live their existence doing all that they do, providing all that they provide where they are planted. And in all of that, there's never one minute of worry at all. Look at the birds, and let's look at the lilies. They don't do nothing. They work. Their output is amazing. What they produce is amazing. What they accomplish and provide is amazing. Jesus is teaching us here how to produce highly productive, but without worrying. Verse 27 is a key. All of your worries don't add a single moment to your life. If you'll think about it for just one second, you'll come up with this conclusion. Worry is the most ineffective use of your time. It is the most ineffective use of your time because worry changes nothing. Worry changes nothing, and there is no reason to it. It's very illogical, yet it plagues all of us. If I was going to ask for a show of hands of who battles worry, I'm afraid I would put some of you in a position to lie because some wouldn't raise their hand and you would be lying because worry plagues all of us. Worry plagues all of us. But you've got to look at what is it accomplishing? What is it helping? Name one way that worry benefits anything in your life okay, 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 I'm sold, worry's destroying me, how to overcome it? Well, number one, there's a very simple prescription that Jesus gives. Here's the way you overcome worry. Jesus is not going to tell you don't worry if he's not going to tell you how not to worry. All right, here's how you don't do it. Verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. See, whenever you live right before God, the worm will just be there. For you to find, for you to dig out, for you to the the, the straw will be there, for you to build a nest with. It's just you're not going to just fly in and here's a nest handed to you. There's no nest handed to a bird. They got to build the thing. But you don't worry about building it because you, if you get out here and you live right before God and you work hard from daylight to dark, seven days a week, and you live right before God. He's going to supply everything you need. It will be supplied for you. See, when you begin to worry, here's what you can know. You can know that your priorities are out of line. Whenever you're seeking God first, when you're living the way that you should live, when you are living right before Him, then you live worry-free. But when you begin to worry, then you can know that your focus is not right, that you are not in the right priority line, that you've got things all out of alignment here. You can know your priorities are off, and worry is a sign of that. Jesus then shows us how to get rid of worry. You keep from worrying by seeking first the kingdom of God. You get rid of worry in verse 34. You know, you don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And and here's what you can know. You will never be completely destroyed by the troubles of just today. You won't ever be destroyed by just what you're dealing with just today, right now. What gets you is tomorrow and what's going to happen next week and what's going to happen next month and what's going to happen next year. and, And it just starts compounding on you. That's what gets you. The example that I always use in teaching verse thirty-four, and and, the, and it's the an example I use because it happens to me on a very regular basis. When my wife will come in from the grocery store and the whole back end of the car is full of groceries, and she just went for a couple of things. Well, I don't. It's from from the back end of the car to our table is really it's not very far. We we got it. We built a house where you pull in the carport out of the rain, and we're just right there. It's not a long walk. It's just right there. But still, there's something in a man that wants to make as few trips as possible. It plagues all of us. And so I start loading up these groceries, you know. And and instead of just making three trips, I'm going to make one. And so I get all of these groceries here, and I start in, and I got more than I can carry and then for the next forty-five minutes, I'm laying on my belly under the cars where they busted, and I dropped them. You know, cans then take off. It's like they got a motor in them. You know, and so they, they go all over the whole carport, up under cars, out in the yard. Then they get the boy, They get out the edge of the carport and on that slope hear them. Then they go down the field. And I'm mean just here's the deal. It's just a lot easier to make a couple of trips. You can only carry so much. And when you get one more can than you can carry, that's when the explosion happens. See, verse 34, you, you, you're not ever going to be destroyed by what happened just for you to worry about today. Just handle today. L- let's get this bag carried in the house, and tomorrow we'll handle that bag. Live today. Just, just carry your today's sack. I read a poem years ago, and I, and I wrote it down. All the water in the world, however hard it tried, could never sink a ship unless it got inside. All the hardships of this world might wear you pretty thin, but they won't hurt you one little bit unless you let them in. And that's our life. Don't let troubles inside you. Don't, don't, don't let them inside you make one decision at a time make one right decision at a time don't let your decisions compile and build up you know it becomes an avalanche for you young people in here worrying about who you're gonna marry and where you're gonna live and what you're gonna do and and you get consumed with worry about that here here's the deal if I told you exactly who you were gonna marry and where you're gonna live you need to go to bed in the morning you need to get up, you need to go to school, you need to have your homework done. You, you, you know, it, it, it won't make one iota difference if you knew down the road. So what, why worry about that? Just do what you got to do today. See, you're three years away from that. You're eight years away from that. So why worry about that? Prepare yourself right now so that you will be a catch down the road you know ask yourself are you an asset are you a catch or are you a liability for some girl are you a liability for some guy with all of your baggage or have you got yourself educated have you got yourself prepared see give yourself to today working on today and then god will add what you need when the time comes if you give yourself to the task of today I've lived long enough to see this. And I read this from Mark Twain years ago. And this is where I am. I am old man, and I've known a great many troubles in my life. But most of them never happened. <laughs> you know, the, th- the truth is, the vast majority of the stuff you worry over, never going to happen anyway. It never happened like that. It never ended like that. You were so worried about that, and it never... I've known a lot of troubles, and most of them never even happened. Proverbs fifty fifteen, Call on me in the day of trouble, and I'll deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Psalms fifty five twenty two, Cast your burdens on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. You've got to get your life in a proper alignment. Matthew six thirty three, seek first his kingdom and live right before him. If you'll spend your life looking at the birds and looking at the lilies, all these things will be added to you. What we've got to do is live strong over worry. Y'all stand Lord, tonight, as we live our life trusting you, putting our confidence in you, Lord, that we live our life looking at the birds and looking at the lilies. Lord, that we live our life like the birds and like the lilies. As we seek first your kingdom, as we seek first living right before you, then all of these other things just fall in line for our life. Lord, our trust and our confidence for our future is in your hands. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. You can stay connected with us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download the CMC app by searching Christian Ministries Church in the App Store. For more information and upcoming events, Go to cmchurch.com.